Welcome to Film with Family. I'm Austin. And I'm Zach. We are two cousins who like to talk about film with family. Indeed we do. And today we had a mission and we chose to accept it. We watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. The mission assigned by ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And we accepted it from ourselves (laughs) well zach you you assigned this mission this mission impossible seven to many of our family members that's true well it was originally my sister jasmine wanted to go because i told her we're gonna cover it for the podcast and she's like i want it on that so i was coordinating with her yeah it just turns out that I, i was just coming back from mcgregor bay with the family from the family trip with your brother drew and sean and my dad and we came back the the next day me and drew and sean and my brother and jasmine went to see mission impossible as a little gang nice a family excursion and you were just coming back from a nice vacation how was that vacation by the way we talked about it last episode that you were on your way to canada and now you're back so how was it? It was good. It was great to be back. It's been like five years since I've been there. I think maybe I mentioned that. But yeah, it's it's beautiful up there. The weather was perfect. Not a day of rain. It was just uh, kind of like 70s and sunny and partly cloudy, like the ideal kind of weather you want. Not too hot. There was bugs. Uh, me and Drew got a lot, got bit up. I mean, everyone got bit up, but Drew's legs look like shit. Um <laughs> scratches and horrible bug bites mosquitoes and deer flies horse flies but outside of that it was ideal i did get a little bit sick near the end like a little congestion and runny nose that was a bummer but i was still able to like do activities but just kind of put a little more fatigue in me than i would have liked so you 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 went out of civilization you came back and the first thing you needed was a little hunt in your life little ethan yeah. And D box too. <laughs> Ooh. Man, you guys love the D box. Yeah, I mean if 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 it's an option and I'm going with Jasmine, it's pretty much like we have to do it. She can't yeah. get enough of D box. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was some content that was delivered to me before I'd seen the movie. Um, I saw the movie yesterday, but you know, I think you saw it a few days earlier than me. And the day after, Jasmine sent me some some videos of you guys hanging out, smoking weed, and listening to Limp Biscuit pre <laughs> pre Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's how he got hyped for the film. Let's play a little clip of that. So yeah, keep in mind these are all previous film with family guests. We got Sean from Predator. We got Drew from the Whale and the Mario movie. We got mm-hmm. Caleb from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and the Mario movie. And we got Jasmine from Fast X. We're all hanging out. It's an all-star cast from Film of Family's Past. <laughs> yeah. So this this is you guys hanging out, smoking weed in the car, listening to uh, what I believe is the song Rearranged by Limp Bizkit. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, no. <laughs> this is what cool people do before they see the new mission. <laughs> think about it, man. You think, think, think about it. <laughs> Smoking jays in the parking lot. So, what made you guys want to listen to Limp Biscuit? Is it is it the Mission <laughs> Let's Impossible? Let's break this down. <laughs> yeah, is it the Mission Impossible Two connection? I think that's what was Drew's uh, connection because he was the one that was like put on this song by Limp Biscuit. He was very direct about it. And uh, I think he was free associating, maybe. Like, I think we were talking about Mission Impossible 2 on the drive over. And I think that got him thinking about Limp Biscuit. And then he's like, let's listen to my favorite Limp Biscuit song instead of the one that's actually used in Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> so it was tangentially related. Uh, it's, it's really funny because I like, I just was trying to think about all my Mission Impossible knowledge because I think I saw the De Palma one in the theater when it first came out. The original. Yeah, the original. I was about nine, I think. It was 96, so I was like, yeah, eight or nine. But I was a big Limp Biscuit fan in, in <laughs> middle school. And so I remember very clearly this song. And I'll play the music video a little bit because they've got some real mission impossible stuff going on besides the theme they're like you know the music video is fred durst is like on a mission so let's just listen to this first couple of minutes of the music video hey hold up hello mr durst yeah we need your help into the diner about now should be four top secret agents. One of them is carrying a briefcase. Your mission is to obtain the disc from the briefcase. Mr. Durst's mission, if he chooses to accept it. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad song. It's got the Mission Impossible riff in there and the guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, were you a Mission Possible two fan? Because I could say, as a kid, I I watched that movie a lot. I feel like I I want to say I did, but I don't remember a damn thing from it. Do you remember the iconic intro sequence where he's climbing up the the mountain, like like free solo style set to Ico Ico? And, and he's just hanging there like he's just like yeah. hanging with one arm yeah but it's like set to this song that's uh i think it's like zap mama or something doing ico ico I, I, I remember seeing that a lot as a kid and pulling it up I, I don't think we had it on vhs but it was just a movie we would rent a lot from the movie store because i just liked watching it and the motorcycle stuff and the mask stuff really worked for me Right, but a lot here. of people say it's the worst Mission Impossible movie. But I have a lot of nostalgia for it. <laughs> oh, it's John Woo. Yeah, John Woo directed. Yeah, Mission Impossible 2 has a very 2000s music video vibe to the whole movie. There's a lot of cheesy slow motion in it. And it just like, it just like, it looks like it's shot like a music video. 
yeah um, which is part of the campy fun of it I, I assumed that you guys were digging into the mission impossible 2 soundtrack listening to limp biscuit or maybe you guys were just chilling with some biscuit yeah, we're just kind of chilling with Biscuit. It was really your brother, Drew, that brought it on. <laughs> I blame him for that moment. <laughs> okay, and then so moving past Limp Biscuit. Um, although I do want to recommend that everybody see the movie Fanatic, directed by Fred Durst and starring John Travolta. Okay. Very funny. All right. So bad it's good kind of thing. I haven't checked that one out. And so this is another clip of us in the parking lot uh, outside the movie theater in Ypsilanti to see Dead Reckoning Part 1. All right, guys, what are your expectations for this movie? Oh, I'm always excited to see Tom Cruise. You know TC always brings it. He is always just incredibly watching. No matter what he's in, he could be in bullshit. Doing all his own stunts. I hope he's fully uh, Scientology now and ready to go. He's gone gone clear. I hope he sprints. (laughs) Zach, what are your expectations? He will sprint. He's got him running. Do the Tom (laughs) Cruise. Although I heard somebody saying earlier that he actually doesn't, he hasn't done the Tom Cruise run for real since Mission Impossible 3. Drew, what's your expectation for this movie? The hands, the hands is blades. Yeah, it's got to be the blades. Terminator. It makes you look faster. You mean he's run without the blades and they don't count that? Yeah. It's Tom Cruise running. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. So he's evolved his fucking blades. Yeah. No, the blades are good. What are your expectations, Drew? Just real quick. I don't know how to feel about Tom Cruise. Not that's not too about Tom Cruise. Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? Yeah, and I didn't like it. Are you fucking kidding me? Damn, Damn, we liked Maverick. Maverick is so sick. Oh man, yeah. So Drew is coming in kind of negative. Yeah, he does. He doesn't like Maverick. He doesn't, he doesn't like know how to feel about Tom Cruise. I mean, I get it. I mean, I feel like you can't really have a conversation about Tom Cruise and his movies, despite how amazing he is as a movie star, stunt man, whatever you want to call him. You got to talk about the Scientology stuff too. He's yeah. a problematic figure. I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist, and it's something that you have to earn. And because a Scientologist does, he or she has the ability to create new and better realities and improve conditions. Uh, being a Scientologist, you look at someone and you know absolutely that you can help them. Yeah, I feel like people aren't bringing it up as much anymore. I feel like everyone's just like, we love this guy. We've totally forgotten about the Scientology <laughs> thing. Like, he's God's gift to cinema. I feel like that's yeah. what the discourse has been lately. Yeah, it really is. People just are glossing over uh, his past because, I mean, he does usually deliver on these uh, movies of his, but I don't know about this one. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling about it. I saw it yesterday. Saw it in IMAX. Did he go with the crew? Hell no. Went by myself. Got that <laughs> 25% discount. Saw it for 12 bucks in IMAX. So that's pretty good. I had a decent time. I think I was expecting more, though. Yeah. Have you watched every Mission Impossible movie? Like, where where's your fandom at for this franchise? Like I said, I saw the first one. And yeah, I, I think I had more connection to the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. I remember <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman in 3... And mm-hmm. then it's Ghost Protocol. Yeah. 
nothing there. I I don't think I ever saw that one. That one has him like climbing up the tallest building in the world. That's like the okay. big set piece of that movie. That's pretty sweet. Yep. And then Rogue Nation. The only thing I remember about that one is there's a really incredible opera sequence in it. And oh. I don't I forgot everything else about the movie, but that's <laughs> that one sequence is really well done. Doesn't he that's the one where he's gripping onto the plane and like actually oh, like took off. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Plane. That's at the very beginning of the movie where he's hanging out to the plane. That's also in there. That's the first yeah. Christopher McQuarrie directed Mission Impossible. That's when his reign takes starts to take <laughs> hold. Yeah. And then I did just recently watch Fallout for the first time. Yeah, and and I I revisited three. I just watched that beginning scene with Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. that I, that I love. You put the gun down. I'm not talking to you like this. That's your choice. Four. Rabbit's foot's in Paris. You want to know where in Paris? To let her go, because you will it's know. Not in Paris. Five. I can get it for you. You kill her, you do this. You get nothing. Are you listening to me? The only way you're gonna get what you want is for you to. You think I'm playing? You don't think I'll do it? Where is it? Where the hell is it? Look at me. Where the hell is it? Look at me. Stay with Severin! Severin! I'm gonna kill you. I swear to God, I'm gonna kill you. Eight! Yeah, I rewatched three yesterday as well, the whole thing. But yeah, really, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's the reason that movie's good. Yeah. And like that character has nothing to him. But Philip, <laughs> just by the power of Philip Seymour Hoffman being as good as he is, he just makes an incredible performance out of like a nothing character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't incredible. seem to have like any specific motivation or anything. <laughs> he's just like an asshole black market <laughs> weapons dealer. But he he's so good at like being menacing. And that first yeah. scene of the movie is really great. Tom Cruise Where's is really great in that the rabbit's too. foot? <laughs> I put an explosive charge in your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first line of the movie. So good. But yeah, I watched Fallout the other day just to kind of dip my toes back into the whole franchise. And that one was really good. I, I actually yeah. really enjoyed watching it beginning to end. Yeah. And the helicopter battle at the end is just unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. The cinematography of like how they shot like the helicopter, like it looks so good in the frame, and mm-hmm. it's an incredible sequence. That's I think that's my favorite Mission Impossible movie is Fallout. Yeah, it's it's just like from beginning to end, I think really entertaining and the most I've invested I've been in a, in the story. Like I can't really remember it that well because it's been a while, but I just no, it's good. Really yeah, that movie. It's like I was really engaged with that one from start to finish you know there's that particular scene where he's holding on to a rope that's attached to the helicopter and the rope is like dangling this payload Mm -hmm. uh and he slips and like just barely grips onto it but i think when they were actually shooting that scene he really did fall and there was a moment where like the producer told like Christopher McQuarrie, like we lost Tom. Like he fell. <laughs> we lost. Tom. <laughs> so that's how they phrased it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> he gone, he fell. Um, and, and you really, it really feels like something went wrong. You know, when you, when you watch that, you're like, Whoa. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I mean, 
I loved Top Gun. The, the new one or just the the first one? The new one. Yeah. The first one I'm fine with, but I but I loved Maverick. I just had such a blast watching that one. Yeah. Christopher McQuarrie produced and was a writer for that movie. So he right. had his fingers in it, but he didn't direct it. So with this movie, we we were primed for the stunts in this one because they put out all those behind the scenes clips on YouTube, I think in December of last year of the, the big jump off the ledge with the motorcycle. This is far and away the most dangerous thing we've ever attempted. We've been working on this for years. We're gonna shoot it in Norway and it'll be a motorcycle jump off a cliff into a base jump. I wanted to do it since I was a little kid. It all comes down to one thing, the audience. I think we played a clip of that in our first episode. I was yeah. really jazzed about it back then. <laughs> yeah. And that that's the only clip they shared, right? They didn't show any other stunts from the movie. It was just that one that they shared early. And it's the thing. <laughs> it's like the stunt of the movie. That gives you some... Disappointment. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I, I mean, already saw this on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the big stunt. Honestly, that ten-minute behind-the-scenes documentary, I think, is more interesting than the actual movie. <laughs> um, I, I mean, because yeah, I mean, they kind of just spilled the beans on the whole movie by showing that before anything else. It's like, okay, so now we know the main stunt in this movie. So this is the, this is the other thing is I feel like this movie got created by the skin of its teeth. Mm. Like this this movie has kind of gone through production hell. Is this a feeling or have you looked into this? Well, so let's just let's just think about it. Just think about it. Let's think of all the things that have gone wrong for Tom Cruise and this series of films for Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2. So they started production 2019. Bad place to start anything. <laughs> Bad year mm-hmm. to, st- to start anything. On Tuesday, January 15th, 2019, Tom Cruise revealed that the initial planned release was 2021. So maybe they were working on it even 2018 a little bit. It says here that the frequent delays caused by... COVID-19 ballooned the budget to $291 million. Oh. Ew. Don't, don't sound cheap. <laughs> no. So the production was very difficult. They were one of the only movies that continued working through the pandemic. And they were trying to create what Tom Cruise called the gold standard of new Hollywood. <laughs> and... um. So this led to some leaked audio of him freaking out on the set about people not standing two meters away from each other. Tom Cruise freaking out. Yeah. Have you heard this audio? No. Okay. <laughs> well, get ready. I'll pull it up. <laughs> we are the gold standard. You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. <laughs> I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. 
And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you <laughs> I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. <laughs> and anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. <laughs> you! <laughs> That's it! Really hates that guy. No apologies! <laughs> you can tell it to the people that are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. <laughs> the future of the industry. So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out! <laughs> we are not the mask. this movie down! Oh wait, gotta hear that. We are not shutting this movie down! <laughs> we are not shutting this movie down! <laughs> Is it understood? If I see it again, you're gone. And so are you. So you're gonna oh, yeah. walk in. And <laughs> and he he one guy. That's it. Am I clear? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, and I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. That's it. That is can't deal with your logic. <laughs> I trust you guys to be here. Wow, I've never heard that before. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. <laughs> it's been a while yeah. since I had a good Tom Cruise tirade. I feel like he's yeah. been keeping out of those for a bit. Yeah. So the production of this movie, needless to say, very stressful for Mr. TC. And <laughs> probably everyone else, that one guy kept singling out. <laughs> <laughs> and you! <laughs> Insurance companies, <laughs> producers. Uh, it's oh, beautiful. God. It's a beautiful thing. So very stressful for Tom. Barely made this movie. He did five hundred skydives and jumped off a practice motorcycle ramp for that stunt like over thirteen hundred times, <laughs> just to get that one shot. That you know, it's impressive. It's a great shot. But yeah. it's like could have been faked. I think to to the untrained eye, no nobody really knows the amount of effort that went into that. I think people are used to seeing things like that that aren't practical. But the fact that it is practical is incredibly impressive, which is why yeah. I encourage everybody to watch that short documentary. Yeah, just about that stunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the Christopher McQuarrie interview that Letterbox did. I just sent to you, but he like talks about before they made this movie talking about like what they wanted to do in it. And Tom specifically said, I wanted to jump a motorcycle off a cliff and Macquarie wanted to wreck a train. Yeah. And those are the two things they've had to get done as opposed to on fallout where they were saying like they wanted more like of a, they had more story reasons to make that movie. Macquarie wanted to make a more emotional movie and Tom wanted to tie up his narrative with his like wife mm-hmm. the character, Julia so there was some more narrative reason for that movie existing. And this one, they're like, 
we just want to fuck around and well it seems like they fucked around and found out there were a bunch of location changes because countries in europe kept shutting down from the pandemic so they were originally going to shoot it in venice but then Mm -hmm. venice shut down from the pandemic and so they moved to rome the shot for like i think a few days and then rome shut down production hell and now they ha- they're running up against this distribution issue that they put out this movie a week before the whole Barbenheimer craze of Barbie and Oppenheimer and um, Oppenheimer shot everything on IMAX film. So Nolan has access to every IMAX screen starting on the 20th when uh-huh. Oppenheimer comes out. So they're, they're barely in IMAX theaters where like, you know, Tom Cruise is saying that's the way to experience this movie. They're losing it in a week. Yeah. They only got one weekend of the IMAX theaters. They're going to lose it. And so they're going to lose it. I know Tom's pissed about that. And all the cultural focus is on Barbie and Oppenheimer right now. I mean, like this movie's going to come and go in the cultural consciousness. I think like within the next week, yeah. Or by the time this is out, it's probably long gone. Like how is how did it do it over the weekend? I don't I don't think bad. I think I think they made over two hundred million. Yeah, it collects two hundred thirty five million globally. Falls short of expectations with fifty six million debut. Collects eighty million over five days. Falls short of expectations. It says on Variety. Yeah, got <laughs> all that going on with Tom right now, and now. You know, I don't know how far along they are in the production of the second one, but if they, you know, let's say they've shot everything but, you know, one or two scenes, they still have to wait until mm-hmm. the strike is over. So I think they're planning on releasing this movie next year, but I doubt it. Yeah, the way you lay it out, I think you paint a, a pretty bleak picture. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is what I think. I think Tom's karma has run run out. I think karma's coming back for Tom right now. Oh, I think Scientology stuff is starting to to come back spiritually. But Top Gun Maverick was such a universally loved, huge hit. So I think he was just expecting this to be another Top Gun success. And uh, it just didn't. I don't think it'll work out as well like that. I don't think it'll have the staying powers Maverick has. Definitely not. The world is changing. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. All right, so let's break down this movie a little bit. What would you like about it? What didn't you like about it, Zach? What What's your feeling about this movie? I will say I did like it i didn't love it you know pretty much all these mission possible movies i like all of them but pretty much the only ones i really love are fallout and the first one Mm -hmm. maybe love's too strong of a word i just think those are those are great yeah Um, but but the rest of this franchise like they're always enjoyable but you know i'm not like a huge fanatic for for these movies yeah i like them and this one i felt the same way it's like it was, it's pretty well done, the the terms of the craft of the filmmaking. Yeah. 
I think the action set pieces are really, you know, a cut above of what you're going to see in most other movie franchises. It did remind me of like John Wick a little bit in terms of its quality of like how they do, how they film action set pieces. And I feel like John Wick is still more impressive or more creative, maybe. Yeah. Like it feels like it's more inventive with how they do their action, but action set pieces are really impressive. Yeah. And I feel like they're always really well edited. You know, there's just like a good kind of kinetic energy to like the whole movie. I think that kind of keeps keeps me into it. But yeah, it's the the story I couldn't really get really invested in or and like there's just like so much talk of the entity and all that. Mhm. And this key, this two-pronged little key. It did it also reminded me of the Dial of Destiny in that sense cuz like it's like the same kind of like story setup. It's like we got one part of this thing that everybody needs, yes. and we need the second part. And it, the whole movie is like a, a cat and mouse trying to get like all the pieces, which is the exact same setup as Indiana Jones. Yes. But while I was watching, I was like, kind of wish I was watching Dial of Destiny instead. <laughs> I think I was having more fun watching that movie. Well, I kept being like, wait, this is a scene from Fast X. This is the plot yeah. from indiana jones this feels very much like john wick yeah i was reminded of fast x as well especially the rome sequence yeah i mean they both have a scene where they drive down the spanish steps yeah jasmine leaned over it's like dude that's the same steps from fucking fast x (laughs) (laughs) it's the exact same yeah the spanish steps and also i think it's different in john wick but they also have the circle drive scene with no uh, car uh, car doors on the car. Oh, that was the same like little like roundabout. I think in John Wick, they're at the Arc de Triomphe in in Paris. Right, it, yeah. but it's the it's the same like aesthetic of a mm-hmm. car running away from villains, doorless in roundabout, yeah. a European roundabout. Yeah, and then the train sequence. They're fighting on top of the train and they even have the same thing happen where they duck into the tunnel and they're fighting. And there's a knife. And there's a knife. That's like the exact, almost the exact same thing happens at the beginning of Dial of Destiny. The exact same thing. So I'm like, <laughs> are they just like plugging in to an AI? Like, what's a good action movie? And like, you got to go down the Spanish steps. You got to yeah, like- fight on a train. You got to have a two pieces of something that you're trying to like. I think they all use the same like Bing AI yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like they all ended up accidentally writing the same script. Yeah. Is it interesting that like all these movies we've already covered on the podcast, I feel like they're all like kind of lifted into this movie in different ways. And it's like this like weird yeah. Frankenstein of blockbusters we've seen this year. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. Even like, like the bit in Rome. Where like like they see the nice car and yeah the, then that's like oh we, you get the little shitty yellow Fiat that reminded me of Fast X with the John Cena scene where like they show a nice car then it's like we're driving this car and it's like a shitty car yeah that's the exact same comedic beat yeah and the whole like kind of messy chase scene through Rome was almost exactly the Tangiers chase scene from indiana jones yeah where he's driving a tuk tuk which is also another like unconventional tiny vehicle it's like the yes. same exact like premise for the the this chase 
I, yeah, I'm so glad you're on the same wavelength with me. <laughs> a lot of I was like, Am I seeing the fucking same movie? <laughs> Did I see this in a trailer already? I'm like, no, this happened in other movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. beat for beat, like looks exactly movies the this same. year, not just like <laughs> movies from the whole history of cinema, like this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like imagine Tom Cruise seeing that too and just be like, fuck, fuck, they already did it. They already ate our fucking lunch again. Yeah, no, it's like those movies probably like started later and came out earlier. <laughs> and he's been working on this movie for five years. Yeah, I, I can imagine how pissed he was if he's watching Fast X, seeing they're going down the steps like the exact same way. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> The only thing that was really holding my attention was the whole AI plot. Oh, you like that? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was timely, and I did like some of the snags that it put into their normal, like, we can use technology to figure out anything because Mm -hmm. this entity is able to disrupt any technological pattern that they're using. Like, when it was changing the faces in the airport i thought that was kind of cool yeah i like the airport bit i thought that was that was a cool interesting sequence of the entity just fucking shit up being being very confusing to the imf team and i and i just thought it was hilarious when they go into the party and they're like your interested party is the party the party is the entity and then it's like <laughs> it's all around you yeah like there's just like some things like that they're just like a little kind of confusing or like you kind of just have to go with also the whole like gabriel character who's like Mm kind of like the antagonist but he's like a representative for the entity or like it's like a liaison yeah it's just like kind of confusing like like who are you like are you a real person are you just like a yeah a robot that like loves the entity like his character is really strange and also Pom Clementif, who I thought she was a really great physical presence in this movie. Oh yeah, she's awesome. She doesn't really speak, but she is very cool looking and like looks like like a rabid kind of like animal character. And I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, she she was giving me like Harley Quinn vibes. Yeah, I, I thought she was she was great in the movie, but she's also like kind of like a sidekick of the entity that mm-hmm. is like, who are you? <laughs> but yeah. i also i also i liked her part i was less convinced with the gabriel character like like what his deal was i guess he has some history with like ethan hunt mm-hmm. which i don't think the those flashbacks aren't from a previous movie it's like a made-up backstory just for this movie so that right. was like kind of confusing me it's like is this in mission impossible one like <laughs> like what when did this happen i did like the actor though isai morales i think he has just like a really cool presence and i like the way he's like got a great voice like i think he's a great voiceover yeah, that's true he does he, there is a certain mystery to him which i think kind of works for the role but but yeah it does doesn't make sense like how he works with the entity like he's just the physical representation because the movie can't really suffice on just like uh graphics on a screen going like wow 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 <laughs> yeah it could be a thing where it's like because this is part one like maybe part two like it'll be more clear like what gabriel's connection to the entity is or something there could be some stuff they're saving yeah because this is only half a movie folks mm-hmm. just like across the spider-verse and fast acts <laughs> right this is the one movie that has it says it's part one so I, I like the transparency there, at least. They're not tricking you. Yeah. 
Speaking of tricks, <laughs> Tom. Close up magic from Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is magical, folks. I don't know if you knew this, but he can make keys disappear in his hands right before <laughs> your eyes. And apparently he insisted that he actually do that on camera. <laughs> and he did it. <laughs> I loved it. It was one of the best parts of the movie. My brother was like howling in his seat at that scene. <laughs> and he's just like, I, I just wish the 40X did like a little sting every time he did the magic. I want to be jostled every time he made it disappear. But he was love he loved that bit. I loved it too. Yeah, yeah no, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I it was a little silly. I like it when these movies are being silly. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like a too serious affair. Yeah. Which the very beginning of this movie felt very serious to me, or like the whole torpedo stuff and the, yeah, the torpedo stuff and the desert stuff that he gets like that boardroom scene. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of a very like slow beginning to this movie. I felt I was in it in the beginning. I, I liked the whole torpedo section, you know, the torpedoes disappearing and then it like, you know, turning around on them. Um, it kind of gave you a good setup for like, OK, this is what this technology can do. And then that next scene in the desert was pretty cool. I mean, the the costumes were cool and the sandstorm I liked. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about the vibe of it. It was just like not what I expected from the beginning of a Mission Impossible movie. It just like felt more low key. And then then it like kind of like finally opens up when like you get like the green smoke kind of reveal and the mask reveal and the that kind of office boardroom scene where Ethan Hunt takes off the mask. And they got those cool like tiny little gas mask thing with like the little dentures in there. Yeah. I, I like those masks a lot, but then I was like, okay, now we're finally cooking. And then you get the, the bump, 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 bump. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was just, a, it was a slower of a build than I was expecting, but I, I didn't hate it, but I just thought it was interesting. They're still pulling off those masks. Scooby-Doo style. It's just like, it's the, it's the one superpower that like they give this movie, like, Kind of in Fast X, it's like if they're in a car, they're probably not going to die. Yeah. Uh, if you think someone's dead, you think somebody's been shot, it's not them. <laughs> <laughs> they're wearing a mask. Yeah, they're wearing a mask. Or it's like the suits in John Wick. Yeah, it is interesting, though. Like the masks, like kind of it transforms your body as well into their body yeah. type, which doesn't make sense. Which It's very funny at um, Mission Impossible 3 when Tom Cruise puts on Philip Seymour Hoffman mask and then he just has a <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman body all of a sudden. <laughs> and they don't explain it at all. It's like he just magically like turns. It's the face off logic. Less fit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's hilarious>. <laughs> <laughs> He's dying, folks. I've had this lingering cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. Get him a cough drop. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get too deep, I want to, since you saw this movie most recently out of the two two of us, could you just try to break down the story of this a little bit for our our listeners? Like, what's the story of this movie? Okay. So you're asking for a plot, Bob. You can just do a general synopsis. You don't have to go through the whole plot. Just like. Okay. So we got our boy, Ethan hunt and the movie starts with this ai attacking a russian submarine and on that submarine is half of a key a cruciform key that they 
it's two keys that lock into each other and only the one genuine half can recognize the other second genuine half. And there are fake keys out there. So there's one in the hands of Alyssa Faust, who's in previous Mission Impossible movies. Played by Rebecca Ferguson. Very pretty lady. Yes. So Ethan says, I'll get the keys, but once I get the keys, I'm destroying this thing. I'm destroying the AI. So everybody else wants to get the keys in order to control it. Ethan's like, fuck that. We're killing it. Hmm. That is that's the MacGuffin in the movie. That's that's the thing everybody's after. And you know, the key changes hands. We've got this new chick grace who's a pickpocket who's trying to get the key for the white widow she's Uh trying to sell it to gabriel who gabriel has the sec the the other half of it right uh i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) anyways there's two halves of the key in order to get the key they go to rome They've been to Rome in Mission Impossible 3 already, which felt weird. It's like, usually they don't like to redo locations, but you said the original was Venice, and they couldn't do it, so it makes sense why they had to go to Rome. Yeah. And the AI is, like, all-powerful, all-knowing. It even has, like, what seems to be, like, precognition. It knows what you will do in the future as well. Mm. This is to Luther, Ving Rhames's much dismay. All he's got is his little laptop. (laughs) All he's got is what? All he's got is his laptop. And the entity keeps fucking with his business. It fucks with Benji's business too, right? Simon Pegg. Yeah, Yeah. we got Simon Pegg's back. They're all friends. I think Ving Rhames is standing in one scene. (laughs) Like, he's always sitting down. Get up for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tom Are you all right? Do you need a break? <laughs> you like dying got, over here. You can barely a, talk. This cough is just lingering in my throat. I like, can't get past it. Drink some water. Uh, this was happening to me at the movie too, or like <laughs> kernels of popcorn and like kind of like get stuck on my throat and like itch my throat. And I was just having these coughing fits during the movie. That was really embarrassing. Oh no. So, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. Are you going to die? Here, play uh, the play the clip. Play the clip. <laughs> save me, save me. <laughs> All right, play the post. Play the post movie clip. <laughs> Do you want? <laughs> Zach's like furiously drinking water and doing everything he possibly can. <laughs> To fight through this podcast. Oh, boy. It's a struggle, folks. After you guys watched the movie, you guys had a post-movie discussion. This was in the parking lot of the theater by the cars, kind of hanging out. I think the discussion starts with Drew talking about the close-up magic scene. (laughs) Um, We start in medias res of that discussion, but then I kind of take over. All right. Here we go.
<laughs> I do feel like, too, no one was more surprised that he nailed the magic trick than Tom Cruise. Yeah, because you can see it in his eyes. Well, fuck, I did it. I did it again. And like, how many, they, they that just out, happened. They did that like 40 takes, like 40 takes of just like <laughs> him trying to do the, do the magic. <laughs> Up close magic. <laughs> like, I won't fake my own stunts. I'm going to do real magic. <laughs> All right, I'm here with Caleb, Jasmine, Sean, and Drew. We just saw Dead Reckoning Part 1, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Let's go around, say what we thought. Around the horn. Caleb, how, how do you feel about this movie? I love TC. I love what he does. I love his facial expressions. <laughs> what was his best facial expression? <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully whoever listened to this already saw it, but when he fucking... <laughs> He's like, when he's tempted to to stab Gabriel, but he can't do it. And then, like, as the guys are pulling him up, he's like, gives him, like, one more, like, he's going to fucking do it anyway. He's just the threat of his face is so, like, pursed (laughs) to the, like, (laughs) he's, like, completely purple in the face. (laughs) Doesn't do it. He really wanted to get him. So, 10 out of 10. Uh, (laughs) D-Box. You like the D-Box? I love the D-Box. It made me feel like I was in it. I wanted to lean into every stunt like I was actually there for comical effect. The D-Box was definitely amazing. Was I the only one, though, that was confused? Like, what was the big stunt of this movie that he did? Motorcycle parachute. That's kind of what I thought. Was that it? That was it. He well, really did like, that. Climbing out of the train, that was kind of badass. But yeah. that... I mean, that was an amazing set piece, but it was like when he climbed the Burj Khalifa or was hanging onto the side of the airplane for real in previous Mission Impossible movies. Okay, he's like 60 now. I know, but there's always... Go on. I was just going to say, there's just, in every movie, there's just like a very, like, this is obvious that it's him doing the real stunt, and it's insane, and you can't believe it. And I was like, I guess the motorcycle parachute moment is that, but it didn't... It really didn't feel the same. It wasn't sold the they, same they way. Showed- totally agree with Jazz there. Yeah. It just it didn't see it didn't seem like the big thing. It just seemed like didn't have a, the same juice. Yeah. Especially because they just already they've already shown it. Yeah. Like you saw this months before. So that was yeah. my big thing. When they released that clip, I was like, "Oh, if this is going to be the thing that they're showing us now, that this movie is going to be insane." There's going to be so many crazy tricks, but yeah. it was just the up close magic, <laughs> and, and then the, well, the well, tr- shot is right that the the climbing up the train, like the fallen train car that's like dangling off the cliff, that is a great set piece. Oh, absolutely! I thought the whole yeah, the whole train scene, the way that the physics of it works, of them like crawling up a train that's falling downward and so then everything kind of pulling down away from the camera looked really cool yeah but that also reminded me of something else it reminded me of uncharted 2 a video game the game starts off with a a dangling train car just like that and you're climbing up it vertically Um, and even caleb and drew said the same thing because they both played that game and they're like this is uncharted 2 so even even that didn't feel original (laughs) <laughs> I did like the dangling piano though. Yeah, that that was a cool bit and especially the shot of it falling and like you see like the 
the floor like give out like that's just like a beautiful shot falling pianos great stuff man you know they've been doing it for years <laughs> buster keaton <laughs> falling pianos train antics it's all buster keaton stuff which christopher mccrory said was a influence but yeah let's continue yeah. with this discussion like they released that on like youtube or something him that, doing that stunt so we they had to coming. so you could see how crazy it was he did tons of prep yes. tc <laughs> ran that shit thousands of times it was so <laughs> satisfying that's the real tc saw. you can't that train that the if most... he fucks that up he's fucking dead tc's the dead most, the most <laughs> the most you want to lose tc on that stunt <laughs> he had to run it back <laughs> That wasn't a magic trick. <laughs> so, Jazz, would you like it? G- gotta agree with Caleb there. <laughs> Tom Cruise doing it for real, you know. You gotta give him credit. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, I think the second half is way, way better than the first half. Mm. The first half really wasn't doing much for me, but it picks up a lot in the second half. All the stuff with the train was choice, great Mission Impossible stuff. Um... Yeah, that's what I would say. Second half, ten out of ten. First half, no, four out of ten. Too too much of the. So you mean to tell me that if we do this, then this person gets this, and it's just like it's just like a a little bit too much. All we gotta do is this thing. All we have to wait. There's one more thing. Oh great! So there's one more thing. Well, guess what? It's just like the setting and resetting of the stakes far too many times. It was like this. This is a little boring. What did you? It's an impossible mission. I mean, I'm expecting things to change in the plans, not everything to go so smoothly in an impossible mission. That's all I'll say to that. You're saying things go too smoothly? No, I'm saying that. There should be hiccups in their plan. Like, yeah, you can't do this. You got to do that. You know, that's what yeah. makes it interesting. Yeah, that's part of the appeal of Ethan Hunt is that he he does fuck up. And like the way he crashes through the train car, like, you know, he's not always graceful. Like he makes mistakes. He's a he's a real man. <laughs> Realize that this. Oh, now I'm liking this movie. Wanted to like kick into the good gear. I, I started to like it when they were at the ball. When they realize that they're in the entity, that they're in it, and that the party is, like, being thrown by the entity, (laughs) which was just insane when that moment happened. I was kind of like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? And then it kind of, like, slowed down for, like, a hot second, and the... Okay, I'm talking too long about it. Anyway, yes, that's the answer to your question. All right, yeah, that's a good bit. She got entangled in the entity and she was on board. All right, all right, Sean, (laughs) how do you feel about Dead Reckoning Part 1? Pretty good. Not amazing. Uh Kind of dumb. Tom Cruise is always (laughs) incredible. Also, I feel like he's looking less like Tom Cruise, like he's gotten enough work done that he's like just kind of turning into a generic guy, (laughs) which is a little unsettling. I got to agree there. <laughs> Tom Cruise is not looking like Tom Cruise these days. I just feel like time has finally caught up to the uh, incredible non-aging man. And I feel like he is aging a lot through this movie. Like you can tell that it's it's shot many years apart. Like I feel like the whole pandemic was kind of rough on his body. Mm. And jumping out of an airplane, you know, 500 times has got to do something to your skin. Yeah, it's like being a president. It rapidly ages you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Being Ethan Hunt is like being the president. <laughs> Loved the train. Loved the train. Yeah, so Great train. Fun. Everything about it, the setting, the train the, itself, the running. the running on the train. When they just had a meeting on the train, there were just like four guys up there like hanging out on top of the train. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh the amount of blades. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got four or five good Tom Cruise running scenes. Oh come on, man. Hey, we're doing something here. <laughs> Palm Clementef was really good. I liked her a lot. Who was that? Paris. She also plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my God, Mantis and Captain Marvel. You remember that? Okay, her like turning scene felt very tacked on though. Yeah, like we well, care about like, her yeah. now. <laughs> I thought yeah. she was just very... She hit me in the head with a pipe a lot. <laughs> she was just very compelling and cool as a villainous presence. Cool. Yeah, I liked her. She was badass. Oh, that reminded me. There, There is that really cool scene in that narrow alleyway with her and Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. When she's like squeezing him with like her thighs. Yeah. And it's just like she's just attacking him with a pipe in like a very narrow uh, alleyway. And they're jumping off the walls and stuff. That was That was pretty fun. And then Tom Cruise has the chance to smack her with a pipe, but he doesn't. He spares her. Yeah. Which plays in later. I guess I'll wrap it up there. Drew? I fell asleep. (laughs) I got no input that matters. I was asleep. Those nerd candies candies are really good. That's my brother. D-Box. D-Box is amazing. Love the D-Box. Cannot recommend the D-Box. This is my first D-Box. First gummy gummy nerds, though. First gummy nerds, first D-Box. Yeah, those clusters were clutch. Yeah, they were good. They're like like little baby nerds ropes, and I love them very much, too. Those are great buy. Yeah, great buy. You fell asleep through a lot of it? Yeah, but I like the Tom Cruise magic tricks that made me laugh a lot something <laughs> about the d-box kind of rocks you to sleep like a little baby well no i mean it's like okay let, i'll be honest like 4dx like slaps the shit out of d-box like, whoa that's that's not even in competition unfortunately but d-box has been around for a long time and that 4dx is fairly new so i don't know they got an advantage yeah I, no i like it better i feel like 4dx is like too much whereas you, this you is you like good rumbles good exciting you have done 4DX. i like that like slight joss it. like you got it's when you're on the train oh yeah, yeah. That felt, feels good. oh yeah Love that. The Love the train. Very subtle. Felt really good when they were in Rome driving on the cobblestones. It was oh, sort of oh, like going a, down the steps. It was I like Rome. Well, well, it vibrated when he was putting in the key in the very beginning. A little ridiculous. He's like, oh, he enters yeah. the key, yeah. and vibrates, he turns yeah, the we key. We were talking he's, about he's, like, are we supposed to be the key right now? <laughs> <laughs> we're feeling what the key's feeling. Yeah. Uh, if if I had to say, I don't know the. The constant exposition or just like we have to do one thing and then it's like actually have to do an even another thing and another thing still i thought that was really annoying that's like every movie every movie (laughs) it's a good point most movies are one thing happens and then another thing happens (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's just like it's like so oh we got oh so then that that means we gotta do this too this really is mission impossible and Except then that also, it's actually, Uncharted Two. Yeah, actually, it's Uncharted Two, and more importantly, he's like a, a luck character. Like, everything he does is like by chance that he he happens to not get stabbed or shot. Like he he like totally took out Agent Carter's like whoever's trying to shoot her like crashes perfectly through the train, and then even after that, the parachute like catches the wind, and then he like knocks the gun out of somebody's hand. So he gets lucky twice with the parachute. Gotta have some movie magic. I guess, but it's like... That's it, Indiana Jones. But it's like, but it's like, yeah, I guess, if that's the way you want to go. But I mean, I feel like a Mission Impossible should be more meticulous and not less like completely lucky. 
There's not, nothing lucky about how good he is at running, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he unsheathed the blades for you. Yeah. And this is the respect you show him. I don't like He's this. saving <laughs> modern cinema. <laughs> it's on his shoulders. I don't know. It's like if the stunts were always right. first, then talking was always a very distant second from whatever I thought stunts. the talking was good. We have to talk about how there is that clip of Steven Spielberg telling Tom Cruise that he's saved cinema. So yeah, there's and some merit to, to that. And reference to Maverick. Yeah. How well it did. Because it gives you an opportunity to pee in this <laughs> six hour movie. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't. I did not take a pee oh break. My God, it's, that was three hours long. It was long. It's almost three hours. It's like I took two pee breaks. I didn't take a single one. Two hours forty something minutes. Fall asleep during it. Oh, man. Well, Zach, I mean, there's an hour and a half think? of magic key revealing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that has really convicted Tom Cruise eyes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I really wanted to see his stunned face when he nailed the magic tricks, not just once but twice, because I'm sure he did that forty different takes. <laughs> Yep. Oh, also, very excited for the vampire on the ship movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw the preview for it. I had no idea. I, like, I feel like it just, as soon as the preview started, you're like, I'm going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> like, just showed a ship, oh, and you're yeah. like, I'm on the ship. What an right? insane <laughs> idea. I thought you like already knew about it or something. Also, the second Meg movie with all the yeah. other prehistoric fish. Very excited. Yeah, that Classic was good. Shot. I didn't even know there was a Meg one. Killers of the Flower Moon looked really awesome yes. too. I want to see that. It looked good as hell. Wait, what was that? That's the DiCaprio Scorsese oh, Native yeah, American yeah, movie. Yeah. You know that's good. That was my favorite part of the viewing experience. That was my first time seeing that trailer, and I was like, "This trailer fucking rips." Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a good one. It looked way good funner than really the last trip. Like yeah, yeah. The the first few trailers were very like solemn and serious, and but this looked like a lot more like. Like Good kick, kick ass. Looked more like like hateful eight or something. It's gonna be like pretty that. depressing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but gonna it's gonna be good too. I just I didn't I didn't <laughs> think there'd be any fun factor. I thought it'd be all very serious, but it seemed like there was some stuff going on there that it's gonna make it a good time. Yeah. Mm. I, I think Mission Possible pretty good. I read the book. It's not a good time. <laughs> That's what I got too. I mean, I, I know the story. It's, like, it's not good time. Well, it's interesting. No, it is. They figure it out. It's a good time. They figure it out. Killing Jim and Hoffa was not fun, but they made it kind of fun. <laughs> well, I, I gotta fun. say, yeah. in conclusion... Fast and the Furious. Dead Reckoning <laughs> is a film we whale. saw with family. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is a full-on family film experience. Thank you, Film with Family, for sponsoring this evening. <laughs> you bought the tickets, so yeah. I, bought the, I, I made it happen. I pulled the strings. Thank you. Way to make it happen, Zach. Drew felt like the whale soaked in tar when he fell asleep during Dead Reckoning. <laughs> the whale soaked in tar. Did he catch the glimpse of the whale in the... King, the, the oh, yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a shot of shot Brendan. Of Brendan? He's yep. in the Killers of the yeah, Just one shot in the trailer. Yep. Who would want to buy oil from a guy like me? <laughs> all right well it seems like caleb's the most positive uh dead reckoning out of all of us uh well, we all liked it. But we, no it's a good time maybe drew didn't like it <laughs> he would have walked out of it but he was just too asleep <laughs> all right Sign, signing off Bye. all right so austin do you have any uh 
reactions to that post movie discussion that I recorded? I'm jealous for one that I wasn't there with all y'all. Seems like a, it was a great time. Yeah, you were you were missed. Sounds like you guys had a fun fun time in the D box. I think of all the opinions, I probably most align with Sean with a slight leaning towards my brother. It's like pretty good, but uh yeah. I my my review was meh shin impossible. Which I heard that your dad said that. Well, he said meh to Mission Impossible, and then I said to him, meh, Shin Impossible. So uh, okay, he you inspired filled in the, it. You filled in the blank for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad. Okay, so since we're doing family reviews, we'll bring my, my dad's review into this. He says. Call out. <laughs> <laughs> or read out. <laughs> this is what my dad sent me on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> I was excited to see it. Too bad. The thrills were cheap. The acting vapid, especially Tom Cruise. <laughs> especially Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Mission Impossible was over the top. The special effects were exhausting. Too much. All the relationships seemed empty. Lacked depth. Evil Knievel is enough already. I do hope his parachute continues to open, but every thrill seeker has his day. ominous end I know Yeah. (laughs) so I think my dad thinks Tom's gonna bite it pretty soon which would be a great way for him to go filming Dead Reckoning part 2 he's gonna gonna perish yeah uh, perish shoot (laughs) (laughs) Um, interesting review I don't know if I totally agree with it but yeah, my dad's public review was, I guess Tom Cruise is, quote, still all Ron hubba hubba with the ladies. The new gal <laughs> is hot. Wonder who is next on his hit list. Meh to the new Mission Impossible. <laughs> uh, he's referring like to Haley Atwell, who plays Grace, I assume. My dad also like you know how you can like put a feeling to your posts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the top of this post says Glenn Pruitt is feeling blah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like your dad and Drew are aligned. Yeah, just like and he was... me runs in the family. But you you seemed a little bit more positive than than those two. I mean, I had I had a decent time, but I mean. I feel like I had the opposite reaction to Jasmine. Like I like I liked it going in, and my interest was dropping rapidly. Really, the train sequence didn't pull you back. The train sequence did pull me back, but I didn't like the second half as much as the first. Interesting. I was in it. I, w- I mean, I was. I I've never been excited to see a Mission Impossible movie ever. I think maybe when I was a kid, uh, when the first one came out, because it was all the rage back then. Um, But yeah, I mean, I pretty much been sleeping on all the mission impossibles up until now. And I feel like this one had so much hype for the last five years. Um, And I just feel like from just from talking to people, like in the last five years, people were like, no mission Impossible is actually good. It's like, okay, uh, I'll give it a shot. Well, I think a fallout was, 
I don't know. Fallout stands as a high watermark for the franchise, and that was the yeah. previous one. So yeah. I, I feel like if Christopher McQuarrie can do what, what he did with Fallout again, then that would be amazing. But I don't think he did. Um, but he still made an entertaining movie, in my opinion. I just, I just didn't love it as much as Fallout. Yeah, but I thought the AI stuff was interesting. They had a pretty good cast. I thought Haley Atwell was pretty good as this pickpocket. I thought they had some fun chemistry between her and Tom. I like Rebecca Ferguson. I like uh, Palm. And, you know, Benji and Ving are always bringing some fun. Vanessa Kirby, she's an interesting performer as well. She's got crazy eyes. The one that plays yeah. the widow. Yeah. Her eyes are wild. Yep. <laughs> she's kind of a compelling performer as well. Everyone's very attractive and doing Everyone's beautiful. Yeah. Overall, meh, shin, impossible. How many stars? I'm giving it two and a half. Mm. I'm giving it three out of five. Just talking about it more makes me be, maybe it's more of a three and a half. I don't know. Just talking about it now kind of makes me like it a little bit more. But I think Tom Cruise is still one of our great actors right now he's really giving it his all he's really trying to make the movies stay alive i do respect him for that um and it seems uh, like he's only interested in top gun or mission impossible like those are the only movies he'll do i feel like he's kind of like just like any other movie any other character he's not really touching he hasn't touched for years well i mean he's nearing the end of his career he has a lot invested in these movies personally. And yeah, he's got to see this last one out. Might be Tom's last Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning 2. Has and he been saying that or that's just the feeling? I think that's just the feeling. But, you know, the guy loves the movies. And right now we're recording on July 18th. So uh, Oppenheimer's coming out. Barbie and Oppenheimer's coming out in a few days here. Christopher Nolan has been pretty uh, lackluster about, you know, the whole Barbenheimer thing. People were saying he's going to see Barbie and he was just like, no. (laughs) Somebody asked Tom Cruise the same question. And this is what Tom said. Are you going to watch Barbie or Oppenheimer first? Oh, yeah. No. uh, If you you had to choose one, because there's a bit of a debate. No, what's great is is you're going to see both on the weekend. I think it's like, you know. I haven't quite decided. It'll probably be like Oppenheimer first and then Barbie, I think. I think it's like you want like Oppenheimer's going to be on a on a Friday. Do you know what I mean? And then you, you can go. I'll probably see it in the afternoon. You want that packed audience. And then I want to see Barbie right afterwards with a packed audience. So Friday is like, you know, I used to plan my days where you start out early in the morning and you go to movies all day. And I like doing that, you know, and I'd go from one cinema to the next. And I'm going to do that. So I'm going to see them both both opening day that's good advice enthusiasm yeah he still loves the movies he's still he doesn't care that it's the competition he wants to see a good movie i think he's got a good idea of going with the oppenheimer first then you have barbie as the dessert the sweet pink dessert (laughs) don't don't ever say that again the sweet pink dessert (laughs) it's a sweet pink treat but you know Tom doesn't just love the movies. He loves popcorn. I love my popcorn. 
movies popcorn I don't know where this clip surfaced, but it's just... <laughs> it's like it's kind of eerie. The like the drone in the background and the camera shaking. There's something yeah. off-putting about it. Like the the color behind. He's like on this couch, <laughs> like in like a blank room. Like the colors of the walls are like really weird. It's like where is he? <laughs> is he watching a movie right now? <laughs> Why does he have a giant popcorn bucket? Like is this a <laughs> is this a movie theater? But hey. We love the movies, and we love our popcorn. Did he have popcorn when he saw this movie? No. Come on, do it for Tom. I bought a large popcorn. <laughs> no, no. Along with the nerds clusters that Drew brought. <laughs> They're amazing. Nice. I saw Boogie Nights in 70 millimeter, and I got some popcorn for that. That was that was great. Nice. Another PSH film, along mm-hmm. with Mission Possible 3. All right, well, next week, I think we're going to do Oppenheimer with our Uncle John. And then the week after that, we're going to try to do Barbie with Aunt Rian. Yep. So that's the plan, folks. That's the plan. Uh, We're just going to chug through these hot summer movies, and then we'll see where we land after that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Film with Family. You can follow us and subscribe and like the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us on social media at Film with Family, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can send us an email at filmwithfamilypodcast at gmail.com. Maybe send some uh, herbal remedies for Zach so that he can feel better soon. And uh, yeah, we're on Letterboxd, being Austin or on there, Austin C. Pruitt, Zachary's wife, or if you want to see our two and a half and three star reviews that we throw up there every now and then. Yep. We love our family. And we love the movies and we love popcorn. All right. Now, this podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Bam, 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 bam.